Welcome, everyone. Welcome to our streaming worship service from United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, on this Sunday, August 30th. We are so glad that you have joined us, and we pray that you find this a spiritually uplifting and edifying experience. If you have worshiped with us recently, you are aware that we have expanded our liturgy by introducing a Time with Children segment very similar to what we did when we gathered together in person. We've had families with us in our streaming worship, so we have wanted to be more attentive to our youngsters. Additionally, today you will notice that we are re-involving our laity in our worship service with the reading of scripture. Again, as we used to do when we gathered in person. Christy Douglas is our lector this morning, and over the weeks we will recognize other church members in this role. If you are interested in participating in our worship service in this way, let us know and we'll seek to work you into the lector rotation. So welcome again and let us continue with our worship. Our Psalter lesson this morning comes from Psalm 105, select verses. O give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all of his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen people. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. And the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes, whose hearts he had turned to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent his mo servant Moses and Aaron from his chosen, or whom he had chosen, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Yeah. 
this is their time for the children. So if you have children in your house or scattered around the room, I invite them to come close to their screens at this time so that we can have a conversation. I wanna start with, have you guys seen my dress? Do you like it? I usually don't point out what I'm wearing, but a couple weeks ago in worship, I was really excited about a sermon that I delivered that equated our faith to the adventure of sailing. And then I saw this dress and said, I have to buy it. I have to make this work. Um, because it was one of those things that I went, ooh, this ties in really well together. I'm not sure if you as our children heard that sermon, but I talked about how as a person of faith, we're kind of like someone who is growing and learning how to sail. If we take a lesson or two, we might learn some words and be able to remember them somewhere along the lines, but at other points, um, if we don't keep practicing it, we're gonna forget it. It's true with our faith life as, as well. We gotta keep practicing our faith life. This. Over the next several weeks, Pastor Walt's gonna be talking about building character and how we practice our faith life together and how that helps us grow into the people that we hope to be and that God is creating us to be. I hope and pray that we will learn how to become the people that God has made us to be. Now, I have something sitting here on my little stand. Maya and I made some Play-Doh last week um, and any of you who know me know that this is a great act of love that I'm giving for you guys because I don't particularly like Play-Doh. And it was a great act of love for Maya so that she could have the Play-Doh that she loves even though I don't like it. There's a scripture that talks about God is the potter and we are the clay. And just as we shape Play-Doh, God is shaping us. And as we listen to God's words, God's rules, we're shaped into the person that God wants us to be. And we become someone who re represents God's light and love to the world. And our character and the ways in which we live reflect that to others. And so as God shapes up us, we are shaped into love and hope for a world. I hope that over the course of the next several weeks, we'll have the opportunity to talk about how God is shaping us, how our Sunday school material will be available and we'll have packets available for you so that we might continue to be shaped into that love. Will you join me in prayer? We're gonna do our repeat after me prayer. So let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for shaping us. Thank you for being our potter. Shape us into your love. Amen. Oh,
Please join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, you know us better than we know ourselves. You are shaping and molding us into who you desire us to be. And as that shaping and molding is taking place, there are other realities of the world that are influencing us as well. Can allow us to be aware of when your hand is at work doing the shaping and when it's the distractions of the world so that we can avoid the nicks and dents and dings that happen from the chaos around us. Allow us to make choices that continue to allow us to be in the midst of your hands being shaped and molded just as you are the potter, let us be clay that is malleable and willing to be moved by you. Our world is so full of chaos right now, and we seek your guidance and wisdom so that we might listen to how you are directing us. As your people of faith, we come to you with prayers on our hearts. We pray for the racial tension and violence that is happening in our world as more news continues to hit our airwaves. Allow us to seek to be your representatives, expressing love and hope and the promise of new newness. We live in a world that has divisive language and a divided nation. Teach us to learn to hear what each other is trying to say rather than listening for buzzwords that allow us to turn the other off. Teach us how to value friendships and relationships as more valuable than the rhetoric that we're hearing. Teach us how to listen, hear, and understand. Remind us how to stay engaged Allow us to learn how to approach differences in love. Give us wisdom and insight, O oh Lord. We pray for all of those impacted by the fires and storms, both literally and figuratively in our lives. So many people are, are working to figure out what are the important things that they need to pack up in case they need to get out. They're watching and waiting while others are devastated by loss of loved ones or property. Be with them as they regroup and begin to rebuild. On a personal front, we lift up prayers for Kathy Drake as she prepares for her upcoming surgery to remove her cancer. We remember our new friend and all of those in our community and the world who are facing treatment for cancer chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, and more. We pray for those families who have recently lost a loved one to cancer 
or the coronavirus or some other health-related issue as they are grieving and adjusting to life without that loved one. We pray for everyone who has been impacted by the coronavirus, from children who are still figuring out how to do school in a different way, to teachers who are dealing with technology, to those of us whose lives feel like it's just the same on repeat, like we're reliving Groundhog's Day, and those of us who are just trying to keep our heads above water, managing all of the different realities. Regardless of where we are, Lord, the coronavirus has changed our lives. And we ask you to continue to give us insight and wisdom to look for those moments of promise and hope and to remember that you continually walk with us. Gracious God, we take a moment in silence to pray the prayers that are on our hearts this day. We say all of these things, lifting up the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. change our lives 
So bring your brokenness and I'll bring mine. Cause love can heal what hurt divides. And mercy's waiting on the other side. If we're honest, if we're honest, if we're honest. Good morning. Our scripture reading today is from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As the pandemic has altered patterns and upended habits, we have provided the opportunity to give ourselves a good look and to see if we are doing life the best way, or at least the way we really want for ourselves. Seasons of life like this give us the chance to renew ourselves, reboot and refresh our lifestyle, our values and priorities, to get things straight, that have become crooked, to get things about ourselves together, centered and imbalanced, that we have let get scattered or at odds with who we intend to be. Pastor Rachel and I have been stressing this opportunity for weeks, if not months now, because we know the special spiritual circumstance that has been open for us through this pandemic and its altering of our habits and its stripping away of non-essentials from our life patterns. We've been wanting you to take advantage of this moment and we hope to God that you are for the betterment of yourself and for the experience of God's joy in your life. Many of us have discovered the desire to set a new normal of how we do life, a slower pace, one more appreciative of little things and other people, a way of life that gives fuller expression to what's sacred and holy, 
and less orientated to physical gain, frankly, and, and societal success. We've realized the wisdom of that biblical passage that goes, what benefit is it to a person to have gained the whole world, but to have lost his soul? So we have undertaken a spiritual focus for our fall of, of looking at the concept of character, what it is and how we affect and build that character well. We noted last week that character and soul are related. In fact, I stressed how the state of our soul was revealed in our character how building a good character supported a healthy soul, how a weak and malnourished soul was manifest in a poor and dysfunctional character. Now, this isn't new to me. It's basic biblical thinking. You'll know a tree by its fruits. Remember that passage? Yet if you would like to expand your sources and perhaps thinking on this topic, turn to the works of Henry Nouwen or Richard Rohr or to David Brooks's books, The Road to Character and The Second Mountain. You've heard me speak of the concept of a true self and a false self. Most spiritual thinkers uh, talk of this, our more animal nature as compared to our more divine nature, the sense of self that is less cognizant of God, and the spiritually formed sense of self that is plugged into God and seeks to heed God's ways and God's will. You know, let the mind of Christ be within us we would pray. Our true self is the one that recognizes God's place in the center of our lives and seeks to live into a full life, respecting and maximizing the God core, the imagio die, that animates and uplifts us, that gives us real abundant life. As David Brooks explores this in his recent book, The Second Mountain, he reworked the insights he expressed in The Road to Character about an Adam One and resume virtues and an Adam Two and eulogy vir virtues. Too often we are absorbed in reaching the top of what he calls the first mountain, using all of our Adam One skills at achievement and competitive dominance to secure a full resume of successes. Only then to discover, usually later in life, that there is another second mountain that we are really needed and we're supposed to have scaled in life that uses a different set of skills. 
ones that are more internal and, and spiritually orientated. Skills which aspire to excellence in values and morals. Adam two skills that lead to eulogy virtues. This is what I think Jesus was getting at with that. The last will be first and the first will be last business. That sidling up to him brought forward a new way of life in the spirit. A new set of beatitude type values inside ourselves. That we Nicodemus types needed to be born again and from on high. And things that Paul is remembered as saying. That Paul was meaning when he said, we become a new creation in Christ. And how we would see clearly now that we saw, once we only saw dimly through a veil, but now we would see clearly because of our faith. And in today's passage, how setting our minds on the flesh led to death, yet setting our minds on the spirit led to life and peace. As Brooks writes, we live in a society that encourages us to think about how to have a great career, but leaves many of us inarticulate about how to cultivate the inner life. Into that breach steps the church, steps your active faith. The journey to wholeness and real life abundance is the one that maximizes the serene and true inner self, manifesting itself in a good character that has a solid sense of what is right and what is wrong, is good and does the good unapologetically. The great philosopher Immanuel Kant thought of people as being crooked timber. Our nature is bent and we need to work on ourselves to get straightened out or at least made healthier and useful. Now crooked timber was a rationalist way of identifying what we in the traditional religious community call original sin. At bottom, there's just something off with us that needs redemptive attention. Can we agree to that? Even if we no longer like the term original sin, can we agree that something is off at a, at a fundamental level in our being? Something is askew so that we think and act in ways that are not good reflections of the divine or good expressions of what might be our best self. As Paul says, we betray our ideals with our words and our behaviors, even when we don't intend 
to do so. Our responsibility in life is to identify our weaknesses and work to control or minimize them or to strengthen their opposing quality and change or defeat them. Brooks writes, if we habitually fall for those temptations and do not struggle against the weaknesses in ourselves, then we will gradually spoil some core pieces of ourselves. And by that, he means our souls. Sin is a necessary piece of our mental furniture because it reminds us that life is a moral affair. Is that too old fashioned to say that nowadays? That life is a moral affair? No matter how hard we try to reduce everything to deterministic brain chemistry, no matter how hard we try to reduce behavior to the sort of herd instinct that is captured in big data, no matter how hard we strive to replace sin with non-moral words like mistake or error or weakness, the most essential part of life are matters of individual responsibility and moral choice. Whether to be brave or cowardly, honest or deceitful, compassionate or callous, faithful or disloyal. When modern culture tries to replace sin with ideas like error or insensitivity, or tries to banish words like virtue, character, evil, and vice altogether, that doesn't make life any less moral. It just means we have obscured the inescapable moral core of life with shallow language. It just means we think and talk about these choices less clearly and thus become increasingly blind to the moral stakes of everyday life. This is so clear to me these days. I hope you can discern what it is I'm saying. Jesus shows us the possibility and the value of resisting temptation. He invites us to join him in the effort for our own well-being, for the salvation of our souls. Wanting not to further spoil our souls, we become attentive to the crookedness in our own timber. 
and seek ways to work on our character to make us straighter, better. So friends, this is where the church's traditional juxtapositions of vices and virtues enter our modern thinking. Along with the great concept of life being a pilgrimage of spiritual formation of the soul through the shaping of character. We journey back to the garden from which we fell, relying on God's grace and the assistance of Christ Jesus. Every step along the way. In this fall sermon series, we are going to look at some classical vices and virtues, qualities that shape our character to the good or to the bad, and wonder out loud with one another, what might we need to do to strengthen our good character and help build a good character in our loved ones. Can we in 2020 reclaim the moral language of the tradition of our faith and recognize the lasting value of practicing a virtue to protect ourselves from the damage of a vice? Can we moderns embrace a notion of intentionally building one's character to the good so our soul is in safe keeping? I'm hoping so. Let's make this type of spiritual exercise a part of our new normal this fall so that we might set a course to a better life. Your pastors look forward to going with you on this journey. We can do this. Amen. know about you but I know for me one of the things that I need to help me develop that good character that Pastor Walt was talking about is a community just like ours one that does not have a uniformity of opinion but one that works together to be molded to be stretched to be challenged to become the people that God desires us to be and the other thing that I need more than anything is that relationship with God. A God who, just like the father in the prodigal son, comes running down the road towards me when I choose to turn around and venture back towards God's grace and love. We have a God who meets us where we're at and invites us to 
move forward in our faith journey. Now is the time in our worship service where we have the opportunity to reflect on where God has met us, where God has brought us to, and where God is challenging us to go. And we have the chance to say thank you by expressing ourselves and giving gifts to the church so that we can continue to build the kingdom that God desires here on earth. Let us receive the gift of music as we prayerfully consider how we can respond. Well, we hope you had a good worship service and that you feel spiritually nurtured and more strongly connected to God. Walking with the Spirit through the whole of our lives is the key to a life that is well-grounded and fully empowered. 
we grow towards our best selves when we open ourselves to the divine and put ourselves under the influence of the love and the grace of God. At bottom, you know, it's that simple. So as you move into this week, we pray that you might get a good handle on your true self, identify what are the qualities that you want in your eulogy resume, and open yourself to the spiritual work of constructing a good character that blesses your soul and blesses those around you. We do this work together with God. May it be a great blessing to you. So stay self, stay safe, keep healthy, know that you are loved by God. Amen.